0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 221. Now drop that funky intro music.
1: Are you ready for it factors,
0: success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Every second of every day, your restaurant is talking to you. Between the chatter online, interacting with your POS system, or making transactions with your credit card processor, these are all opportunities to collect data, crucial data, that can help you make the right decisions in your restaurant. To learn more, schedule a demo by going to resources.upserve.com slash restaurantunstoppable. So, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Giorgio Taverniti. Giorgio, please tell me you're feeling unstoppable today, my friend.
1: I'm feeling totally unstoppable, today, my <laughs> friend <laughs> yes, Eric. <laughs>
0: that is what we like to hear. So, native of Toronto, Giorgio Taverniti attended the well-known Italian culinary program at George Brown College. In 1992, Giorgio teamed up with his mom and took ownership of Frank's Pizza House, located in Toronto, Canada. Frank's Pizza House has been named Best Pizza in Toronto, Best Delivery in Toronto, and Best Calzone Panzerotti. I mean, and that's a big deal, that last one, because if anybody knows me, they know I love calzones that's like a big deal that's how you want me over Giorgio. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> i can't wait to get your story and to find out more about you and uh, what has made you successful and what advice you have for us but before we do that we got to get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra take it away
1: okay so i don't know if you know i'm a big big gary v fan gary Vaynerchuk.
0: yes he's awesome
1: Awesome. He is the best. And uh, one of his quotes is if you live for weekends and vacations, your shit is broken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what does that mean? How does that echo with you? Well, like, dive deeper into that, really dissect it for us.
1: Well, basically, you talk to any nine to five guy on Tuesday, he's talking about the weekend and his fishing trip and him just sitting on the couch and, and doing jack all. You know, come weekends for me, I, I want to work those extra, t- you know, I, I want to do the 12, 14 hour nights. Make the extra coin. Uh, serve the extra people, uh, customers in my restaurant. Uh, it, it's not about, you know, taking it easy. I got Monday. Monday's my day off. Monday I take it easy. Weekends, I'll work 14, 16 hours. I don't give a shit.
0: Yes. I love <laughs> it. And I think, you know, one book I'm reading right now and it kind of reminds me listening to you talk, it's called the uh, 10X. Uh, yes. This, and I can't remember the author. I'm so bad with names, but it's the 10x rule. And basically that rule is, you know, Grant anything- Cardone. Yes, thank you, Grant Cardone everything you need to do um whatever you think it's going to take to be successful multiply that by 10 uh, 100%. yeah and that's kind of what i hear you saying is like you know you just got to be an animal to make it in this industry you got to love what you're doing and uh totally hear that with you in that quote so Uh, let's get to know you a little bit more from what my research. It looks like, uh, you, like we mentioned in the, in the uh, introduction, you went to George Brown college, um, and you went into business with your mom and you took over Frank's pizza house. Um, it was open or been in business since 1965. So, I mean, why did you decide to take that route?
1: Yeah, basically, uh, my parents had the business, uh, five years prior to 97 at a different location uh in in around 93 i decided to go to cooking school george brown at culinary arts uh i, I tried to get out of the restaurant business a couple times to be honest with you uh, and i think <laughs> don't most guys we all <laughs> uh and and then my, my dad buys this building and says we're gonna relocate the restaurant i'm like shit man you know and then i got you know hands on i finished cooking school and i went in gung-ho and in '97, we renovated the building and uh, opened it from scratch. So we shifted from one location to a new location, uh, and, and that's it. Ever since then, I've been I, I've been there all day, all night.
0: And uh, the business beforehand uh, opened 1965. Who was the owner before you took over?
1: Yeah, so it was a couple of paisans from my dad uh, back in Italy. Okay, and three brothers ran it, ran it, and one guy. I guess the older guy was called Frank, and that's why they called it Frank's Pizza House. Got it. Uh, at one of the first few uh, pizzerias in Toronto, uh, you know, going back to 65. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people say, you know, why don't you just change the name to Georgia's Pizza House or whatnot? You know, name doesn't mean nothing to me. It's got the reputation. Uh, and, and, you know, I walk down the street with my kids and people say, hey, Frank, what's up, buddy? Frankie. <laughs> and my kids are like, tell them your name is not Frank. And I'm like, it's, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's basically the story behind Frank's Pizza and me and my mom have been running it. And uh, unfortunately, the last uh, 16, 14 to 16 months, my mom uh, got diagnosed with cancer. She's been feeling a little bit sick. So it's right now a lot of pressure on me, just me.
0: And Sorry,
1: uh, I hear that. yeah, so this is the first time I actually on social media and whatever. I've never really talked about this. But uh, when you got a small business and, and, you, and you you get dealt a hand of cards, you know, something like this. And my mom is my partner. She, My parents lived above the restaurant. Uh, she'd be there at nine o'clock in the morning. So I show up at 10 and she had everything almost already done. So now I got to hustle even more. Yeah, and that's, that's
0: tough. That's real tough, Georgia. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you're not the only person um, that has these challenges of where your partner might get sick, or maybe they might lose their love for whatever you're doing, or yep. there's always uh, some threat of having to bear the load. And uh, I'm so sorry to hear about your mother, but how are you, how are you dealing with this? What are you doing to prepare? What advice do you have for somebody out there who might be dealing with the same challenge that you have coming down the barrel?
1: Well, basically you got two choices. You give up, or you work your butt off, mm. right? Uh, I chose to work my butt off even more. I hired some extra staff, of course. Uh, but you, you can't stop if it's a passion and uh, it's a dream. Uh, you know, I have people on payroll and they depend on me to give them that weekly paycheck and make their money.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you said um, you tried to leave the industry at one point and now you're Correct. back. And so w- at what point did you realize that this is a dream, that this is a part of who you are? And, and how did you just come to terms to accept that?
1: Uh, well, before I took the color management course, I took uh, legal uh, legal marketing, uh, <laughs> a, a paralegal course okay. at a local college, and I did that for about a year. And, and I would sit there, and I'm like, "What am I doing here? <laughs> I, you know, I, my parents have got a restaurant; they're making money. You, you know, it's everything's going good. Why am I looking for a nine to five job? Mm-hmm. This is not for me."
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that in in a way, um, like I grew up in the restaurant industry, Giorgio, and uh, we kind of look at the work as much as we might love it as not being the smart route of uh, there's always a better way. Like the grass is always greener on the other side. And uh, I've been a commercial pilot. I've had the desk job. And, I, you know, sometimes it's, it's okay just to say that I love this work and I'm good at it and this is where my passion is and to embrace it. Um, do you think that might have been kind of what happened with you? Did you realize that, you know, the grass is greener on the other side or you tried to, you know, chase the, the dream that you thought was the dream and now you realize, oh, well, what I was doing all along was the dream. Like take us through that.
1: Yeah, definitely. This is my dream. Uh, you know, uh, what? I, I come two thirty. Uh, my restaurant operates from twelve to three, and then we reopen at four. To, you know, so I, I'm able to close the door, come up the street, pick up my kids from school. You know, do give an them, interview.
0: Yeah, <laughs> do
1: an interview, uh, and go back to work. What other job would allow me to leave yeah. for an hour, lock the door, uh, and, and do that? Uh, yeah. My customers have grown accustomed to that. You know. Uh, My ultimate, ultimate dream would be to close on Sundays to spend more time with Mm -hmm. my kids. That would be my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, I close on Mondays, uh, but that would be my ultimate. My next challenge would be you know, if doable, close on Sundays and spend the whole Sunday with my, my family because family is huge, right?
0: Absolutely. You have to find that work-life balance. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but um, let's talk about your why. What is it? You said it's your dream. It's your, you, you love what you're doing, but let's really get down to, you know, let's, let's break it down. What is the why? What drives you? What is it about this industry, Giorgio, that you just love so much?
1: it's just making everybody happy uh, you know it's just, just not about making that pizza it's about you know I you know I'm the owner uh, I make the pizzas I, I talk to customers like I'm right in front of the house making the pizzas we have a counter in the front I talk to every guy who comes in or every person that walks in and orders a pizza mm-hmm. the communication uh, you know talking to the kids that come with their parents uh just everything, just being around every day, different people walking in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's the same. Every day is different. You yeah,
0: know? and I mean, how does it feel to be recognized as the best in Toronto? Like, what does that feel like? Like, oh. explain
1: that. <laughs> well, it's a lot of pressure, man. People walk in the door, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, we read about you having the best Panzeratis in Toronto or calzones." I'm like, "Yeah, well, you got to be, you know, you got to decide for yourself." I never tell people I'm the best, right? Mm. You know, I say that's what they say. Right. And, you know, I let them decide for themselves. It is a lot of pressure because, you know, you know, people saying that you're the best, you know, it's hard to live up to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I think we can kind of move on to the next topic, which is your if factors. And you're saying you never admit to being the best. Do you think one of your if factors is humility and just being humble?
1: Definitely, you have to be humble in this business. If you walk around, I think, thinking you're the best. I have friends of mine who open up shops and say, I'm going to shut my neighbor down. I, I'm going to shut the restaurant across the street down. And then six months later, it's like, hey, what happened to you? you you're the guy who closed down. And they go, I, I couldn't handle the 12 hours a day. <laughs> you know, I couldn't be away from my kids and my wife the whole, you know, the weekends.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: like, so you got to be humble in this business. You know, it, it's just. You always say I, everybody that walks in. It's thank you, thanks for coming. I appreciate your business. You, you know, you have to in this business. Yeah. People have choices.
0: So, so far, we got you know humility, uh, just being humble, and also the, it sounds like you're extremely grateful. Let's talk about the impact. You know, just having that gratitude in your business will do for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we we had a severe ice storm a few years back here in Toronto, and I got a call from. I was closed. Everything was shut down in the city, but I happened to be at the restaurant making sure everything was okay. Got a call from a local community center and they said, we got 200 people sleeping here. Can you do something for us? I said, tell me what you need. Mm. Just tell me what you need. I'll have it done. I'll have couple, give me a couple hours. I'll have whatever you need there. And and that's what it's about, right? Mm.
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like I've been putting some words into your mouth, but kind of making up some of these if factors just by listening to you talk. We had mentioned, uh, you know, humility and uh, gratitude. Uh, what are some of the if factors that you think you have that uh, you've noticed over the years, your strengths, your, uh, you know, your just uh, characteristics, habits, things that you do that make you successful?
1: I don't give up. Uh, I, I, I just keep on going. You know, my day starts with cooking. Uh, I do some tweeting, some Facebook. Uh, I just don't stop. Every time I'm making a pizza, I'm not just thinking about that pizza. I'm thinking about the next customer walking in the door, the next phone call, the next uh, social media active. You know how I can be more active on social media. My next Snapchat. Uh, you know, I, I'm always constantly going. It's, it's it's just it's a business where if you think about right now and, and this moment and that one pizza, I, I think you're done. You got to think about tomorrow and after tomorrow. And, you know, and go on and go on. It's a long haul.
0: Awesome, I love it. I am taking notes as you are talking. I got just that determinism, that just won't give up attitude, and always looking ahead, always eyes to the future. What can I be doing now to prepare for tomorrow? Which is huge. Not being, you know, reactive, but being proactive. Right. Um, you know, just speak a little bit more to the the, the benefits of being proactive versus reactive.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll give you a short short story. About five, six years ago, the, the city of Toronto did a huge uh reno on St. Clair West is where my si- restaurant's situated, mm-hmm. where they ripped up the road completely. Mm-hmm. So we had one year, no business coming in the door, nobody walking in, just construction. I was watching my neighbor across the street and see this guy's busy selling furniture, vanities, and he called me over, George, give me a hand, load up my truck. Mm-hmm. I'm like, buddy, w- what's going on? What are you doing? He goes, the internet. I go, what do you mean? The-? I go, what do you mean the internet? And he goes, yeah, man. People are ordering this stuff online. You got to learn about it. I went back to the restaurant. I go, this guy's whacked, man. <laughs> this guy's he's, he's lost his marbles. Yeah. Anyway, I call up a buddy of mine. We, we, he builds a website for me, and and two days later, I start getting phone calls. Wow. I start doing some social media. You know, I, I started getting some phone calls. Uh, people on the street started sharing their business. Uh, couldn't pay the rent. Meanwhile, here we are. You know, three, four years later, my business is booming and these guys are all gone. And I I would tell my friends on the street, listen, this is what I'm doing now. This is what my friend Cam is doing across the street. You know, I can help you out. You know, this is how you do it. And they're like, ah, it's just a phase. You know, this internet thing is going to (laughs) go (laughs) away. This domain stuff and website stuff, it's all going to be a fad. I'm like – I don't know. You give it a shot. It's working for me, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, great advice. And I think we're going to dive into that when we start dropping the bombs of knowledge in the second half of this interview because I really want to dive into your knowledge. Uh, you seem really knowledgeable when it comes to just uh, branding yourself online and having that social presence. Uh, you're really a forward thinker. I see you're really active on Snapchat. I really want to you know, pick your mind on that stuff. But before we get there, uh, Giorgio, we got to talk about a failure you have. I mean, we can learn so much from the, the successes of. Of others, But we learn most from others' failures. And uh, tell us about a time, Giorgio, where you just fell hard yep. on your ass. And t- uh, <laughs> tell us how you got back up and what you learned.
1: Okay, so uh, small. I, I I decided to do. I will not the head of the company, but I started to do like uh like a coupon, a two for one thing. Uh, going back a few years ago, I thought it would be a great, great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did a deal with this company, sold I don't know five, six hundred of these coupons, thinking people would come in and sell a bit more. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. People came in, just used the coupon the one time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a big loss in, in business because I wasn't getting any. Most coupon customers from, from that uh, specific company weren't repeat customers. Mm.
0: So, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is that you might provide this discount, this coupon, but there's no reason to be loyal to you. They're just going to, you're just attracting that person who's looking for the best deal. So, I mean, what, I mean, I don't want to put words into your mouth. like, what did yeah. you learn from this experience with coupons?
1: I I I have never done a coupon since. <laughs> uh j- just that it's not designed for my my clientele, my type of restaurant.
0: Now, I mean, where exactly do coupons fall short? Dive into that. Like, who are your clientele? Like, why didn't it work?
1: Uh, my clientele are willing to pay 25, 30 bucks for a pizza. Yeah. Uh 10 bucks for a calzone. Uh they have no problem with that. Uh Yeah it's just if you come in and start giving the 2 for 1 and and and, and 50% off on Wednesdays and Thursdays you're going to I'm going to start getting a whole different demographic of people coming in. Yeah. Who aren't my normal customers and you know aren't going to pay my bills. Right.
0: So instead of uh trying to compete for the lowest price, uh what should we be doing?
1: I can try to give out the best product for the price. Mm. You know, always, you know, top quality, uh, my, everything we make, uh, is open. People mm-hmm. can see what we're doing at all times. If I'm skimming on the cheese or the pepperoni, people can see it. I'm right at like one foot away from them and you know, I can't hide
0: yeah, it. Never sacrifice the quality of your food. Uh, Definitely. because once you start, you start going down that rabbit hole, you start spiraling down and you, you don't want to become, you know, you don't want to get caught up in that race of who can just offer the cheapest product. No you know i mean that's i feel like that's one of the biggest problems that happen to our food system is people we're just constantly looking for ways to clo- like to shrink those margins and to get the most for the the least amount of work and effort and that's not what food's all about right Definitely like, not, no food's not, about not culture food's about uh who we are as a a species you know we need food to survive that's what we <laughs> do to cook that's what we do like don't We need it away. every day Exactly.
1: Every day we need food, right? Yeah. And, the, and small mom and pop shops. It's not about the two for one. They're about giving quality and a different experience to people.
0: So, I mean, is there anything? I mean, you, you pay attention to, to technology, what's going on. You're very with the times. I mean, is there anything that's out there aside from a coupon, a technology that you're using? Um, you know, to be. Uh, I mean, to, to to have those loyal guests. Or is there anything you're using to to do?
1: Or Definitely. Te- yeah, I, I tell people uh, and people think I'm crazy for saying this. If it wasn't for Google, I'd be out of business. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I when I say that, I mean that in organic searches mm-hmm. for Google, for pizza and whatnot, but I also do some Google AdWords.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, really?
1: Do, yeah, definitely. Not much, very little because I come up highly ranked on their Google Organics. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, anything you search for pizza in Toronto and or best pizza delivery, I come up on the first page. I also buy some Facebook ads. I mean, yeah, Facebook ads.
0: Now, I, I want to dive into that in just yep. a little bit, but we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Have you ever found yourself just wishing you could have your own personal assistant? I mean, oh, to have your own assistant in the restaurant business, man, that'd be nice. Well, now it's possible with Upserve. Upserve is your assistant that helps you make small, easy changes that dramatically improve your bottom line. It does this by harnessing the power of data. Let's be honest, most restaurants don't use data well, but it's not their fault. There's two big reasons why. First, your data is disconnected, which limits its power. And second, even the data that you've got isn't fast and easy to use by 2016 standards. Well, Upserve can help you with that. To learn more, simply schedule a free demo by going to resources.org. Observe.com slash restaurants unstoppable. Again, that's resources.upserve.com slash restaurants unstoppable. What are you waiting for? Get on it. We're back, and Giorgio's is about to drop some bombs of knowledge on us, starting with his advice on just using the internet, social media, Google Ads. And I just cut you off. You're starting to dive deeper about how are you using Google? How are you using AdSpace? I mean, tell us, walk us through that process of using Google Ads and how you've leveraged that.
1: Sure, Google. So I'm doing Google local Express ads. So my ad will only show up so so many kilometers within my restaurant range Okay. for pizza delivery. So I'm just targeting pizza delivery. Okay. Uh, People who are searching, my ad comes up on on top of the page. So
0: that's a paid ad. When you do a search, you see the paid ad that's right there?
1: Correct. And I only get charged if somebody clicks on my ad and goes onto my website.
0: How much do you get charged if they click?
1: uh depending on uh the the competition how many people are are bidding for that ad? most of the time it's about twenty cents thirty five cents
0: okay and uh where did you go to learn how to do that
1: self taught after the Sinclair construction fiasco <laughs> <laughs> uh my friend who had ran the furniture business was already doing something he showed me mm-hmm. and uh and, and that was it, it was self taught mistakes after mistakes uh bidding for the wrong keywords and and bidding in and too big of a demographic so I would have an ad showing 20 kilometers away from my restaurant. Well, I can't service those people mm-hmm. because it's too far for pizza.
0: Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I
1: fixed, but I fixed that problem, Eric.
0: Okay. I'll
1: tell you later. <laughs> okay. I teamed up some with good partners who could do that for me now. Awesome. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, so, okay. We're, let's just dive more into this marketing. Um, you, you already had mentioned that uh, social media was huge to you. Google was huge to you. Um, but I mean, I feel like that's kind of old news. Georgia. Yes. definitely. Like we don't want to waste our time or, or, you know, precious time together talking about old news what's new news what are you snapchat. looking at yeah okay yeah. snapchat so, um, so snapchat I, okay uh, just talk ahead. to us about snapchat and how it's not you know just a way to send your private parts to
1: the boys and girls <laughs> in your life yeah definitely i i thought it was the same thing and when i first got on it about 7 8 months ago I'm like, this is useless. I can't find anybody to follow. Yeah. There's no directory. What the hell am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Slowly, slowly, <clears throat> I went onto Twitter, went onto Instagram, found people locally, bloggers, food writers in Toronto who have Snapchat, Snapchat accounts. Could okay. be magazines, newspapers, you know, started following them all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was great. I got a ton of followers. They followed me back. I watched their stories. They watched my stories. Hopefully, one day, they'll come write an article about me. That's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Engagement. They put up a picture of a, a restaurant they're at. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to them. You know, and they respond to mine also now.
0: So there's a lot of uh, it seems like a lot of legwork that goes into the Tons. Okay. Tons. But how has it paid off for you? Like giving me an example of how Snapchat has paid off for you and how you're using it now, now that you have that following.
1: Correct. So now uh, Snapchat uh, has introduced geo filters. Okay. So geo filters now I can specifically target the local high schools within one or two blocks from my restaurant. Okay. Have a geo filter. Pointed at that address only, so it'll only come up within that high school. We know the target audience for Snapchat.
0: Yeah,
1: is younger people.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. I
1: also I also have a, a local community park across the street from my restaurant. This wow. summer, when they have soccer tournaments or the swimming pool opens up in June, I will have a geo filter for my restaurant at that pool.
0: Now, for the, those kids though, they would have to be following you in order to get uh, your no. Snapchats. No,
1: no. So what happens with the geo filter? Anytime you go into Snapchat and take a picture of yourself or videotape. I'll mm-hmm. record uh, the story. If you choose to add a filter, my filter would show up.
0: Okay. So give me an example of like what do you mean by your filter. What is your filter?
1: My filter would be uh, come to Frank's Pizza House. Uh, I can have a picture of me tossing a pizza. I can have my address on it.
0: So is it a, is it a paid ad? Are you paying for that?
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. I am paying for it. And that, uh, Snapchat will charge you. You can do it by the day, by the week, by the hour. I can have the filter for the hour come up.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. Now, what about the um, the use for Snapchat that isn't paid? Like when you just have your followers, like how, what was your technique aside from following other people in your niche, uh, whether they're food writers or bloggers? <clears throat> like um, it seems like that's the first step is just to go out and find out who's on Snapchat and follow them. They'll follow you back. But what else did you do to get a following?
1: Engage. Mm-hmm. So if you put up a story and Eric is show, showing me him eating a pizza at a, at a crazy New York pizzeria. I would respond, Eric. Where the hell are you? I want to be there. Wow. Uh, I would engage with Eric uh, via text, or okay. I can send you a vi- video saying, "Eric, you know what's up? You know where, where are you at? You know." So it's with the engagement, you get the following, and you get the respect back. Mm-hmm. If you don't engage and you just watch people's videos, what's the use? Really, it's with it's like Twitter and Facebook. If you put up a Facebook post and, and I, I don't leave a comment, I just like it. Well, what's the big deal? I, I, as Frank's Pizza us on Facebook, I do a lot of – not trolling, but I, I, I do a lot of engaging. Uh, so if you put uh, – a Food Network will put up a posting of a recipe. I'll respond. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Maybe I'll give this a try. Uh, so it's the engagement with other people.
0: Now, one thing I've noticed that you've done and I've noticed a lot of experts in the industry have done and I should probably start doing myself is you have uh, that logo, that brand superimposed over – your, um, all the different platforms you're on. So Twitter, your Twitter picture has that ghost logo over your image. And I'm not sure if you're doing it on Facebook too. Yes. Um, but how talk to us why people are doing that.
1: Well, that was a, a great example that Gary Vee gave, out, uh, I'd say, a couple of months ago when he really went hardcore on the Snapchat. Mm-hmm. And that was one way for him telling people, listen, if you don't tell people you're on Snapchat, they'll never know. Mm-hmm. So that was one way. He did it, and then everybody else got on board and started doing it. Okay. Uh, and, and that's one thing about the social media. A lot of restaurateurs don't know about this, about social media or not. Find somebody you can lo- look up to and follow. And, and learn from them because, uh, for example, Gary Vee mm-hmm. gives out a ton of advice, now, free
0: advice. Is that where you went to learn the most or what you know now about Snapchat?
1: A hundred percent.
0: All right. Um, send me some links after this chat and I'll have those links in the show notes. This is episode 221. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 221. I'll have the links to teach you more about Snapchat there. Now, is there any other advice on social media before we move on? Any other bombs of knowledge you want to drop on us?
1: Yeah. Just be yourself, Mm -hmm. be humble, be yourself on social media, have fun, have fun. Don't be negative. I, people who, the amount of people that go out there and be negative on social media, not the way to be. It's the
0: good old law of attraction. What you are, what you put out into the world is what you attract. So if you want positivity in your life, if you want people liking you, loving you, like, and love others, be positive and it will come back to serve you. Awesome stuff. Great advice. So um, let's talk about people. How do you think your way of managing people, leading people, has had an impact in your success as a pizza owner?
1: Uh, for example, in my staff, is what you're referring to?
0: Yeah, like hiring, yeah. managing. Like, what do you do? How do you lead? Like, why is that so important? How has that helped you in your success?
1: So I lead by example. So I show them, listen, I'm the owner. I will cash somebody off. I will take out the garbage. Mm-hmm. I will fill up the pop fridge. I shouldn't be. But if you see me doing it, you better help me out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? And hiring somebody, I don't hire just on experience. I, I, I hire more on uh, a character level. So mm-hmm. I'll sit down with them. And I won't even look at their resume at first. And I'll, I'll just talk to them and, and see what they're all about and see if we have the same interests and goals. You mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know. So and, how
0: do you uncover those interests and goals? What questions are you asking? How do we get to that?
1: just just very simple uh I, I sometimes i'll even go to their facebook account before they come in and see what they're all about <laughs> on, on social media yeah. uh but but i'll just sit down them, and ask, ask them about their family and their goals and their schooling and, and what they're up to if they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or etc and find find something out of you know i want to find out about them you know see what what makes them what you know what okay. click
0: Awesome. And how would you say you're doing right now? There's a lot of challenge in the industry. A lot of people are struggling with employee retainment, finding good people. Uh, are you having that challenge?
1: Not at all. I have pizza drivers who've been with me for about three to four years. Oh, wow. Why Drivers. Why? Drivers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, other than generous tippers in Toronto, what are the reasons why they're, they're choosing to stick with you?
1: Um, I treat them fair. I treat them with respect. I treat them like if I'm sitting down, and at the end, of the night, I'm, I'm going to eat a plate of pasta. Well, they can eat a plate of pasta. They're not going to eat a soup. Mm-hmm. I treat everybody. I have one guy right now who told me, a 33-year-old young guy told me he wants to retire with me. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, buddy, you're only 33. Don't <laughs> even be thinking about that. You have, should have bigger goals, right? But I was so humbled. that yeah. you know, that he, Somebody actually said, a pizza driver said he wants to retire with me.
0: And that's one thing, too, right there that I, I admire. Um, it was kind of hidden in the story. But people, I've noticed that, don't want their people to stick with them forever who have higher aspirations are willing to mentor and coach those people to get to that next level in life let's face it this is yes. a very uh you know what's the word trends there's a trends something uh industry yeah. I can't remember the, <laughs> the words not coming to me but the, basically people come here while they're in the middle of trying to figure out what they want to do. They're not going to be sticking with you. Help them get to that next level. Help people back. When you help people, it will come back to serve you in some way. You might not even recognize it when it happens, but good things will happen to you.
1: Definitely, definitely. I love
0: it. So um, what are some of the current challenges aside of – I can't really think of any challenges that you might be dealing with that I've discovered yet, but what are some of the challenges that you're dealing with and what are you doing to prepare
1: for those challenges? One of my biggest challenges, it's a good challenge in a way, is because of all those nominations we got with pizza Mm. and whatnot, we were getting an influx of calls outside of our delivery area. Okay. So I I was turning away money on a daily basis. No, sorry, we can't get to you. We can't get to you. And uh, so I teamed up. I was one of the first guys in Toronto. I was the first guy in Toronto. Uh, I teamed up with Uber Eats. Mm. And now these guys will – they supplied me with an iPad. Somebody calls in who, who I can't get to. I tell them to download the app, and Uber Eats will pick up the food and deliver it to these people.
0: Yeah, that's another great example of just leveraging the resources that are out there today, getting creative, not saying, no, I can't no. do this. Ugh. but. I'm sure there's a way for me to do this. And I don't know how, but I'm going to start searching. I'm going to find out. But if you shut your mind off the possibilities, you never, you'll never find them. Um, Every
1: time my waitresses said no on the phone and said we can't go to I would cringe.
0: <laughs> it was up,
1: driving so. me crazy. Yeah. And then finally, I, I, in, back in September, uh, I reached out to Uber and they said, well, we already have a platform launched out in San Fran and we're bringing it to Toronto. You want to be on board? I said, sign me up now. <laughs> you, know? uh, you, you pay a small cut, a commission cut, which is not a big deal. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so busy that I signed up with another company who does the same uh, th- uh, s- uh, service called DoorDash. They're also based out of the U.S. And uh, these guys take all my orders outside of my delivery range. And and that was the biggest challenge I had for the last, uh, I'd say, 14 to 16 months is this, this delivery problem I had.
0: So you've mentioned Uber Eats and DoorDash. Are there any other uh, services that have your attention that you may have considered? And are there issues with using more than one service?
1: No, I haven't had any issues. Uh, you got to be on top of it. You know, when that iPad beats or their phone rings with that that message, get on top of it and and play. You know, work on the order. Definitely.
0: Awesome, great advice there. Um, so let's talk about work life balance. You've already mentioned that uh, you're an animal. That you you show up every day. You work your butt off. Your hope is the one day to get Sundays off. Yes. Um, how do you make time for your lovely wife? Uh your kids, yes. uh you know, time to be with your mom now that she's not with you, working beside you. How do you make that time? What are your plans? What do you what can we do to make that time for those people that matter to us?
1: Yeah, time I always tell people I wish there was twenty eight hours in a day instead yeah. of twenty four. Uh it's tough. I have five young children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the under the age of eleven. Uh, my wife works. My wife's got her own law firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just make it happen. You know, every I wake up a little bit early, make my kids lunch, get them ready for school, walk mm-hmm. them to school, pick them up after school. You know, all the small stuff. You know, I don't look at the big picture. All the small stuff might what makes it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, picking them up. You know, I'm waiting for them at the bottom of the stairs after school. They're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, after work. They'll stay up and wait for me, and I will call them, and I go, "Do you guys want a treat from the right? You know, chocolate bar, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right?" And uh, you know, small stuff. My wife will wait up for me in the evening, also, right? So it, it's a lifestyle we we come accustomed to. My kids, all, th- all they know is me working, uh, you know, this way and coming home later on. You know, they don't know a nine to five, uh, Giorgio.
0: Now, if you're not at the store, is the store not open?
1: Uh, no, I have uh, the circuit operated without me right now. I have uh, a pizza maker. I have two waitresses, two, wi- uh, two drivers. So, you know, uh, obviously I, I try not to leave the you know the whole night. Mm-hmm. But if I have to leave it for a few hours, it's not a problem.
0: And what did you do to make sure that they could handle it?
1: Train them. Mm-hmm. Just show them the way it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, watch me. Watch the way I do it. Watch the way I interact with customers. Just try to be me. You know, mm-hmm. I, not just try to be me. Try to do <laughs> things the way I do it. You know, be, and I always tell my waitresses, when you go to the table or you answer the phone, be yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, people can see through, uh, you know, somebody who's acting or whatnot. Yeah. You know, just be yeah. yourself. Be humble. Uh, you know, and if you do make a mistake, people will overlook it. You know, if if you apologize. You know, we all Absolutely. make mistakes. Absolutely.
0: And uh, I'm thinking of the words of uh, Danny Myers writing the end of the story, and I'm reading Jeff Benjamin's book right now, Front of House. You know, those mistakes are should be seen as yes. opportunities because it's yeah. not you know, mistakes happen. That's just, that's life. You can't be perfect all the time, but where, you, where you'll create memorable moments is what you do when those mistakes happen. How much you show your guests, you care yes. that they're happy and how that you're not happy that you made those mistakes and what you're willing to do to make it right. Yeah. Those uh, are how you make the memories.
1: So. Definitely. First of all, ag- always acknowledge the mm-hmm. mistake. Yep. Don't hide behind it. You know, you know, and I, I I'm the first one. I always tell the ghost, blame me, Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. It's Giorgio's fault. <laughs> Always blame the owner. You know, I don't want them to get you know the short end of the stick. So I say, you know, Giorgio, and I. will Hey, guys, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I made the wrong pizza. I put the wrong toppings on it. Meanwhile, maybe the girl wrote the wrote the wrong pizza down on the paper, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Punched in the wrong button. But it, it's. I'm totally cool with that. You know, it, at the end of the day, it is my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the owner. I'm I'm the guy in charge. You know. But most people say, "Oh, don't worry about it." That's
0: another great it factor right there is just ownership and you know taking. If if so often you see people who make mistakes and the manager, or the owner, or whoever starts blaming, they play the blame game. But you know oh, the no. truth is, if something doesn't happen, if you own that and say, maybe you know, let me turn, you know, let me take a look in the mirror. What did what could I have done better to train you to make sure you could have done that right? And okay. uh, if you if you have that outlook, it, your people are gonna. They're gonna look at you through a different, you know, filter if you have that filter. Definitely. <laughs> so, so awesome stuff. Uh, let's talk about some of. You know the resources. You started already talking about some. I can tell you're well read. And when I'm talking to people, and they're already you know mentioning books before I even ask what books they should be rec- you know recommending to my listeners, I get really excited for this question because I know you're going to have some good stuff, Georgia. <laughs> what are some must reads for anybody in this industry? Like just books that will make us better, and they're just something we need to consume, or a book that just gets you really excited right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the Grant Cardone uh, 10x. Yeah. It definitely uh must. Uh, uh, since I'm a big Gary Vee fan, uh, I, I read Crush It Yeah, and his latest book, uh, Ask Gary V's. I, I have that upstairs and it's a definite, definite uh, must read for any entrepreneur. Yeah,
0: any I, entrepreneur. I have to admit I haven't gotten through – I'm very familiar with Gary Vee and his work. Um, for some reason, I haven't started his books. I don't know why. I've heard so many great things about his books. Oh. Um, but yeah, the 10 X rule is awesome. Give me ro- one reason why that book is a must read one lesson, um, that has just stuck with you and you've seen, uh, you know, results because of this lesson in your life.
1: Cause you go hard, mm-hmm. you know, grants, the harder you go, the more results you get.
0: Now, if you go so hard all the time, how is it that you just don't get burnt out that you just don't get stressed? Like what mentality do you need to have? Like what's his device for going hard and still being sane?
1: Yeah, because uh, for, for for myself, for example, going hard isn't work. Mm-hmm. It's a passion. So for me, standing in the restaurant for 12, 14 hours and, and making pizzas and dealing with people and, and doing my social media, that's not work. It's pleasure. It's a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I look forward tonight at, at around 1030. We lock up the restaurant. Everybody goes on. I'll stick around for an hour and a half, catch up on a few small small details I got to, you know, do. I, I love that. You, you know, for me, it's not work. I mean, my friends come over and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just – I'm just you – know, yeah, just <laughs> – you know, go home, and I'm like, why? It, it, I know why. I know why I got to go home. My family's home. But you know, this is you know, at the end of the day, this is going to make it happen for me. Mm-hmm. To the next level. The next level. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome stuff. I love it. And uh, do you have any like takeaways you want to share with us from one of Gary V's book, whether it's Crush It or Ask Gary V?
1: Uh, not the top of my head. The guy's got so much stuff happening. <laughs> it's, you know, my life, I, after I started following him, uh, my life's changed. My business changed. My mentality has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have so much respect for the guy that me and my friend flew out to New York City uh, back in May to watch his 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, out of my, our own pockets, we flew and just, you know, it was a small audience uh, for free. He put the sun for free. Uh, I think there was maybe 150 people, 200 people in a room. And he, you know, did a show and... You know, I flew from Toronto. took Took two days off of work. Uh, Actually, I shut my restaurant down uh, for those two days, and I went just. You know, I thanked the guy in person. You know, uh, you know things have just changed dramatically, and and people say, "What are you doing differently?" My, My budget, my spending, advertising budget has dropped to nothing almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just the way you do things and and the way he he put things in priority.
0: He also has a terrific podcast. I think is worth mentioning too. It's called ask very Gary V. Um, yes. So, uh, between his podcast and his books and his blogs, uh, he's definitely a resource out there and he's not focused towards restaurants, by the way, he's a a restaurant guy, but his, he has life lessons, just attitudes, viewpoints, uh, marketing just that can be applied to any, if you, anything, so anything great stuff. Um, Let's talk about some more technology. This is where I usually talk about the tools and services you're leveraging in your restaurant to be more efficient, to be more productive, to be more profitable. You already mentioned Uber Eats and you mentioned um, that other one that's escaping uh, me right now. DoorDash, DoorDash. DoorDash, yes. What else are you doing to stay with it? Just to you know, Like I say, technology is an accelerator that you use in your restaurant. So how are you accelerating your business with, with technology?
1: Uh, and right now, uh, I have a—I'd a, say about a, a register system that's pretty outdated. So you know the old ones—you go in and you key in, mm-hmm. uh, or work working with a company now, uh, and they work on a, an app through the uh, through your iPad.
0: Okay, which, which system are you using? There's so many out there, and why did you choose this one?
1: Uh, well, we're we're in the process of getting it, but it's called Touch Bistro.
0: Touch Bistro—I've heard yes. some things about them. They've actually approached me to be like. Featured on the show, but I say, oh, Do it, man. Do I say, it, man. Hey, I would love to, but I don't promote any products or services that yes. haven't been recommended by my past guests. Well, yes. now I can say, Hey, <laughs> Touch Bistro, good news.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: you've been mentioned on the show. How did you discover their service?
1: Uh, going to a few local restaurants in Toronto and, and seeing the people at the counter just going down an iPad and clicking away and mm-hmm. placing your order through. And I'm like, What are you guys using? Touch Bistro. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I called them up, had a meeting. They did an intro for me over the over the uh, you know. Actually, we did an intro at the Apple Store. The Apple Store Apple Store took care of the whole ordeal. We had wow. a private meeting, private room, and they gave a presentation.
0: When do you s- expect to implement this technology in your restaurant?
1: Hopefully, in a, in a month.
0: In a month, wow! Congratulations, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big very fun.
1: yeah. Very easy to implement. Uh, just for me, just I, timing has been a bit of an issue for me, but definitely it's uh, one of those.
0: What's the one thing? The the one thing that has you most excited about finally adopting uh, a new technology like a, like this POS system?
1: I can walk up to a table with this little device, place mm-hmm. the order, it spits it out in the kitchen. I can walk out to the patio and take because we're we're not only a local pizzeria that does delivery we have a full dining room with a patio mm-hmm. so we're like a mid mid-range high end uh, restaurant
0: how is that going to make your restaurant more profitable
1: faster mm-hmm.
0: time you know, is the, whenever you time. can buy more time in your life without sacrificing quality that's the one con, con, you know con, constant no matter where you are we all have that same challenge time and time is valuable um for all for everybody involved you your guests time if you can make up time. It's 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 like a no brainer. Yeah. Um, awesome, great stuff. So. With all the knowledge you have now, unless there's another technology you want to share, because <laughs> I know you have a ton out there.
1: there. Who knows? Uh, there, there's so many out there; like, it's even hard to keep up with. I like—I'm on everything. Yeah. I'm on from from Instagram to Snapchat. To, you know, I, at one point I was even trying Yik Yak out, which is <laughs> another uh, crazy device. But I'll try anything out. And I, you know, I, I was one of the first uh, users of Meerkat mm, uh, last year. I was uh, actually. Uh, I was on the – they had a leaderboard and the, you gained points and I was on the top 100. So I was number like 33 underneath L, L- Cool J beside Madonna. <laughs> and I, I actually I, I gained the, an interview with Inc. Magazine out of using Meerkat app. Wow. Yeah, wow, they man. called me up. We did a whole interview. I was featured in their magazine across North America.
0: Now let me ask you. Do you think you should be on all these platforms? Because like it can be overwhelming. Or do you just choose the ones that work well for you and focus on those?
1: Yeah, I choose I choose the ones that work well for me, and I'll spend a bit more time on the ones that work really well for me. Okay, uh, for the normal guy, it's hard to you know to spend that. Much. Like I'll spend two hours when I come home in the evening after everybody goes to bed. You know, I'll spend some time. Not every people think not everybody's going to do that, and I know that, and I can appreciate that. I do it because I love it. I, I How many hours
0: of sleep do you get a night?
1: <laughs> I go to bed at two and I'm up by seven. Ugh.
0: Yeah, Man, I don't know how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing that scares me because I I love my sleep. I'm very uh, I'm a very pro eight hours a day. Just because I feel like I I in those hours I am awake. I am way more productive, and it's worth yeah. it to sacrifice an hour here and there because I just get way more better quality work done. But if Definitely. you can do five hours a night, Godspeed. Yeah, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so let's ask if you know you could go back in time, Giorgio, with all the knowledge you've gathered over these. Uh, since nineteen ninety two, uh, what is that twenty some twenty yeah. something a year, twenty four years? I don't know. I can't do math on the spot. That's why I'm not a pilot anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with all this experience you've gained over the years, uh, if you could go back in time, it's nineteen ninety two. Just give yourself one piece of business advice. What would it be?
1: Uh, the guy in ninety two, there was one guy who was, t- was talking about the internet. Mm-hmm. Some guy was talking about you know how everybody should get on board, and everybody will get on board with this internet and start doing stuff online. I should have listened to him then.
0: Yeah,
1: I would have been fifty steps ahead of where I am today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, I—that's where you know technology. Uh, we have to be on it, and, and it, it's growing so fast every day, every second. Mm-hmm. And if I would have just listened to somebody twenty years ago, you know, before I opened my old restaurant, we had an old customer, an IT guy. He's talking about the internet, and I, I'm thinking to myself, well, whatever. <laughs> All right. But definitely, definitely that's where it would be because most guys who have a restaurant are hard workers anyway, right? They're making their, their, their goals and they're hitting their targets, you know, but it's like, where do you, how are you going to get to the next level without spending a ton of money on advertising and marketing,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. Awesome advice. Great stuff. So if there was one question I could have asked you, what would that be?
1: <laughs> if I eat pizza every day,
0: <laughs> do, you, do you eat pizza every day?
1: Every single day, twice a day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, man, it's doing something right. You've had a great career. You're full of tons of advice. Great show. Great energy. Such a positive guy. I'm so happy you came on the show. We're going to wrap it up now. We wrap it up every time by having you call somebody out. Who is one independently owned operator that you just admire and just look up to and think would be a great guest mentor on the show for us today like you, have been.
1: Does it have to be... So somebody, oh, I, I got a buddy of mine, Joe Fiocco, from a restaurant called Campo here in Toronto. Okay, awesome. young guy, yeah. Joe,
0: look out, Joe. I'm coming after you. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to get you on the show to tell us your story, to give us your advice, to join this melting pot of mentors. And, uh, Giorgio, tell us how we can connect. If we want to uh, come get a slice of pizza, if we're in Toronto, to come meet you, to to pick up a conversation, or maybe come work for you, to join your team. Uh, Maybe you have a question about Snapchat. Maybe you have a question about how to use Uber or uh, the other one that I can't think of every time. (laughs) DoorDash. (laughs) Yeah, DoorDash. Uh, How can we connect to keep the conversation? Going,
1: yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter, Toronto Pizza or Frank's Pizza House, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm everywhere, you know, and, and I'm happy to offer free advice anytime. Send me a message, and, is and, it, I'll
0: be fun. and on Snapchat, how do we find you?
1: Uh, Toronto Pizzeria.
0: Toronto Pizzeria, yeah. awesome! Uh, great advice, great guest. Thank you again so much for taking the time to join us to, to be a guest mentor. There is no questioning, you are. Unstoppable. Thank you. Uh, cheers. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurants Unstoppable. I mean, just two thoughts that I deem necessary to recap in today's closing Uh, message here and that's just having that passion it's a a theme that's just been echoing time and time again on the show if you have that passion if you make your restaurant an extension of who you are and use it as a vehicle for your mission in life whatever it is that just keeps you going you're gonna be so much more likely to be able to show up every day like Giorgio does with that fire in his belly to put in those long hours but for him he like he says you know It's what he does is he just loves it. It's a part of who he is. And he quotes Gary Vaynerchuk at the beginning of the episode. If you live for the weekends and vacations, your shit's broke. And it doesn't get any more complex than that. I mean, when you you make this work, uh, something that is an extension of your passions, like I mentioned before, you're going to just find that power to show up every day when it's literally just a part of who you are. If it's something that isn't a part of who you are, then um, it's gonna be, uh, man. There's like like some of my guests say. There's just no such thing as work life balance. It's just life, uh, and you got to find ways for your life just to synchronize with what you do uh, to really find happiness in this industry. I think sometimes. Who knows? Maybe we're wrong, but that's what all my guests are saying. And another thing that's really important to kind of hone in on the advice that we got from Giorgio today: uh, embracing technology, always keeping your eyes on what's happening out there, what tools are at your disposal to, like he says, get that time back in your life in in your restaurant. I mean, this this industry is such an industry of small margins, and wherever you can find a little inch, a little. Place to get time back or to be more efficient, more effective, more profitable. That all compounds. That's how your your margins increase and those percentages lean in your favor. So, if you're interested in any of the products or services that were mentioned in today's show, uh, use my links in the show notes or even better, shoot me an email. I'll connect you. And uh, sometimes, the majority of the times, these services, they love referrals and they're willing to uh, support the people that are sending them traffic. And these these things that we're telling you about, I mean, it's not coming from me. It's coming from people who are using these things, proven successful tools. So act on the advice, do it for yourself. And if you can include me in the loop, that would really help out the show. Uh, so just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 221. You'll find all those links. Also, I linked to some of the blog posts that Gary Vaynerchuk, uh has written about Snapchat, his advice on how to get the most out of Snapchat. He wrote a blog post on geo-filtering, so that's all right there. If you want to check out those blog posts, again, in the link note or in the links, show notes, uh episode uh two twenty-one. So restaurantstoppable.com slash two twenty-one. If you're interested in this mastermind group that I'm scheming up that I want to get started by May 1st, there's still time. I got three emails over uh the past few days between this episode and the last. So, there's still plenty of time, still some open spots. Like I said, I want to get five people. So, shoot me your email. Let me know what you, your thoughts are on this, how we can make it the best restaurant mastermind that's out there. I'm open to suggestions. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And then, lastly, if you have any ideas, if you have a topic that interests you that you want to learn more about, I'll get an expert on the show or maybe. Uh, Or maybe you can think of a restaurant owner, a guest mentor that should be on the show that can teach us all. Uh, Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. I love those emails. They help so much. And then lastly, please, please, please spread the word. We just hit 100,000 downloads. That is awesome. That is a milestone for me. I'm so thankful, so grateful. And it's because of you, my listeners. So keep on listening. Spread the word. It's my goal to bust one million downloads by 2017, and I think we can. I think we can do. I know we can do it. But I, I need you to share this podcast. So right now, whatever you're doing, stop. You know, go to your app, hit the share button, and just share it. Like on your social feeds, it's that easy. This is a, an amazing resource. These people have such great advice. We need to share it. So please do that for me. And now, that's all I have today. Like always, thank you so much for joining me. This time around at Restaurant Unstoppable. Until next time, peace
1: out.